back to Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. I'm your host, Douglas Green, sitting here in a new place with my other host, Jackson. This is basically Night Swim Studio 4.0. Is four? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could also count, it'd be five. In your house. Or six. Two dorms, apartment, here. Three dorms. Three? Mine, technically, the first one I had. Oh right, yeah. There's a lot. So um, six. Yeah, we're we're in a house now. We've been gone for a month. A lot of stuff was going on, yeah. but we're here now. Um, we're in Douglas's house. It's very well furnished. <laughs> you guys should see it. <laughs> I've never been to a more furnished house. So furnished. Um, if I had to describe the house, it it'd be furnished. Today's June turn June thirteenth, and um. If you remember, uh, Douglas wanted to have 52 episodes done it's the by 13th. June 15th, and we're currently at 17, <clears throat> including the one right now. We're at 17? Uh-huh. Let's see. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to just see how many we can get to in the year. We've done 20, we've done, in, in 2021, we've made 17 episodes. That's pretty good. It's not terrible. Has there been even 17 weeks? Way more, actually, I just realized. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's been like what over twenty six weeks? Because I don't know. I don't want to do this right now. I have a couple things. Yeah, I want to talk about before we get into the episode. Yeah, number one, Obama coming out talking about UFOs. That really? happened. I didn't see that. That happened a while ago. Um, he basically was like, "Yeah, we have no idea how they work, uh, or anything like that." And uh, I was just, like, really pumped that a former president uh, was able to talk about that. And um, it was pretty sick. Oh, I have a really funny photo I want to show you. That's super out of context real quick. (laughs) Wait, what? I know, isn't it? I'm just going to send it right now. (laughs) Where did you get that? Yesterday, I think. I don't remember, but it's so funny. Did you say that? Yeah, but it, it's totally out of context, though, isn't it? Like, it's so random. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to do that real quick. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, another thing I want to talk about, saw our good friend Charles Green recently, who I found out listens to every single podcast episode and was talking, like, vividly about the details of, like, particular episodes that I, I had completely forgotten that. about. Yeah. And so I just want to give a big shout-out to Charles Green, uh, <clears throat> and this episode's dedicated oh, to you. I don't have the You're not dead. Or any, where's the iPad? It's dead in my room. <sighs> um, you're not dead or anything. It's just a dedication for being a fan. Ooh. And um, yeah, that, uh, that's all I have to write about. They're <clears throat> all I had to talk about. Um, and uh, Is it just me, or have you been seeing a lot more UFO videos? It's because they're more prevalent. Mm-hmm. They're more... It's, well, it's not really that they're more prevalent. It's that they're more... Um, let me get my topic set up. They're more... They're becoming a much more of a bigger topic in the media. Therefore, they're being reported on more, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it just, like it's, it's, just, to... it's just one of those like, themes that's going to be... It'll pass, I'm sure. I don't know. I feel like they're trying to normalize it and then introduce us to a species Well, wasn't the government... Is... Weren't they supposed to come out by like June first? There's something about UFOs, and they never, they didn't. It was supposed to. They were supposed to publish all they know by. Let me just look up. Uh, I thought it was like June 14th. Government 
UFO deadline. They might still have a deadline. Let like, me see when the deadline is. Because it, it can't... Um, when does the Pentagon UFO report come out? This is six days ago from the New York Magazine. Is it tomorrow? Um, the, the report, which comes after... Could be delivered by Congress any day now. This was published six hmm. days ago. Um... On June 3rd, the New York Times reported that senior administration officials who were briefed on the UAP report had found no evidence that the objects seen by Navy pilots over the past decade are not of this earth. Bullshit. What could the report contain? All this stuff like that. Uh, the full article is on NewYorkMagazine.com, and it's called What Can We Expect from the Pentagon's UFO Report by Matt Steeb, if you want to look it up yourself. Um, but we're not here to talk about UFOs today. I have a different topic. Really? Yeah, I do. It's on theme with something that happened recently. What are you looking up? Nothing. I like this. I will say, I, I, I like this. See, I can only, I can't really. I know, but I like, like once it's up giant there. giant-ass TV. Yeah, that Doug's hooked up his computer so we can look at stuff, which I think is really cool. We're becoming more um, formal. What is this? Nick? What are you typing? Put the mic down. If, oh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's good. Oh All right. God, he just he pulled like up. Arthur Morgan here. Nick Cage, the star in movie about Nick Cage. <laughs> that can't be real. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay, you're distracting me Sorry. with this? That's a good one. We'll leave yeah. it at that until we look something up. Uh-oh. Um, so, yeah. So, I have a topic today. And it's not really an uncovered because we know who did it. But it's also not a normal scenario. If that can give you a... Uh, <laughs> if that can give you a, an inclination as to what um, it's not okay oh, sorry Nick Cage was distracting me <laughs> hold on let me just do this real quick are you making it your background yeah <laughs> okay so now I want to go see it <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um I'm very tempted to start up Wizard 101 or Pirates No, Online. we're busy right now. So, yeah, backtrack. So, <clears throat> so it's not really an uncovered yeah. because we know... It is, I will say it's a case of murder. It's not an uncovered because we know who did it, but mm -hmm. the situation and the scenario surrounding it, and the, the, uh, the circumstances, are what is the big kicker here and okay. something I thought we could go into. Okay. And uh, it's something we're both familiar with recently. If that gives you any more inclination as to recently, yeah, what we're is what it we're, a recent murder? No, no, no. no. It's oh, 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 does that have to do with the horror movie? Uh huh. Arn Johnson. It is the Arnie. It, it is it is going over the trial of Arn Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, also known as the Devil Made Me Do a Case. Yes. Um, it's a crazy one. The movie. Should should we give a spoiler warning? Spoiler alert. Because we're going to talk about the movie, and it just came out. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess this is a spoiler alert. Uh, here's a spoiler right now. The movie's not that good. has some cool parts, but it's boring. Well, and if you want to watch it. a Conjuring movie, watch the first two. They're much better, especially yeah, the first it, one. First well, one's fantastic. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a good movie. But it is uh, the, uh, the Devil Made Me Do a Case. And what's it famous for, Douglas? Well, isn't it like the first case where somebody like pleaded not guilty due to demonic possession? 
Uh, it, no, yeah. it, was, it wasn't the first one. It is not. It, well, it's the first known court case in the United States in which the defense sought to prove innocence based upon the defendant's claim of demonic possession mm-hmm. and denial of personal responsibility for the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if I remember correctly, Michael Taylor, uh, he, um, he, he uh, was a murderer. Um, he murdered his wife in 1974, and he also claimed demonic possession. So it's the first demonic case in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But technically, Michael Taylor is the first one to ever do it. Yeah. And um, I can cover that one in the future. I'm going to write that down just to have it. Um, but I thought it would be cool to do this one since the movie just came out and everything like that. Michael. Sorry, I just need to write this crazy. Taylor case. So if you want to pull up the picture of the real Arnie Johnson, just so we can look at it and everything. <clears throat> but he's trending since that. Uh. Yeah, he is. Them doggies. So, yeah, so that's the real Arnie Johnson, and then that's the real Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right there. Ed died in 96, and Lorraine Warren died like a year 20, ago. I thought it was 20, like, yeah. She died in like, well, I think it was like 2019, yeah, late 2019. But fun years. fact, she was very good friends with Patrick Wilson and Vera Farminga and mm-hmm. was a big fan of the films and would help out as much as she can. Okay, so. I think Vera is really hot. There's a time and a place for this, Douglas, <laughs> and right now is not that time. So the background of The Devil Made Me Do a Case. And so I'm going to go through uh, the background, the killing, the media reaction and legal proceedings, and then the aftermath surrounding the case, and then we'll be done. Okay. Cool. Why are you looking her up? (laughs) Oh, it's Farmiga. Yeah. This whole time I thought it was Farminga. Farminga. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson's hot, too. Patrick Wilson is... He's a great actor. uh, He's so underrated. One of my favorite actors. He's great. So, can you look up... Just look up The Devil Made Me Do It. and see see if Look up the case, because I don't want the... Yeah. Please look it up. Is that Amanda Bynes? No, that's her daughter. <laughs> no, they're sisters. Sorry. That's, that's her sister? Thaisa. She's uh, less famous, but she's been in a couple movies. All right, what, what did you want? Look up The Devil Made Me Do It Case. Because I don't want the movie to be on the, uh, on the thing. I want the actual case to pop up if possible. Not cast, case. Yeah. And then just click images and see what pops up. Mostly movie shit. It'll have movie as well. I mean, it'll have real pictures, which is cool. Um, Let's see. Because I want to see if there's like courtroom like pictures or anything like that. But I don't think there's going to be, which is a little annoying. The Crooked Man? I don't know what that is. I got, during this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Zach Bagel Bites. I got real uh, exorcist vibes. Yes, and homage to the exorcist yeah. when the priest shows up. Well, he looks exactly like the priest. Too. They he, do. Is that the same priest who is? No, in, he uh, looks like the priest too? in Scary Movie yeah. Two. No, but that the guy in Scary Movie Two is James Woods, who plays Hades, ah. and continues to play Hades to this oh, day. And um, the little boy, he played. Um, he yeah, he was in a uh, Haunting a Hill yeah. House. He was Luke, young Luke. Okay, so Arnie Cheyenne Johnson and Debbie Glatzel provided first-hand accounts of the version of events depicted in Discovery Channel's A Haunting episode where demons dwell. They did not believe in demonic activities themselves, but they claimed their father to be an eyewitness to demonic possession. Both Johnson and Debbie were adamant in their support of the Warrens' recollection of events. They asserted that paranormal activity began after they went to clean up a rental property they had just acquired. David recollected that an old... David... 
Who's David in this? Oh, crap. Do I have to go back? Oh, oh, right, right, right. Sorry. I need to, I need to preface this by this first. So according to testimony by the Glatzel family, 11-year-old David Glatzel had played host to a demon. After witnessing a number of increasingly ominous occurrences involving David, the family, exhausted and terrified, decided to enlist the aid of Ed and Lorraine Warren in a last-ditch effort to, quote-unquote, cure David. <clears throat> the Glatzel family, along with the Warrens, then proceeded to have multiple priests petition to the church to have a formal exorcism performed on David. The process t- continued for seven days, including when, according to those present, a demon fled the child's body and took up residence within Arnie. These events were documented in the book The Devil in Connecticut by Gerald Brittle. So now we can go to the background. <clears throat> so uh, they asserted that paranormal activity began after they went to clean up a rental property they had just acquired. David recollected that an old man appeared, pushing and terrifying him. The couple initially thought David was using the old man as an excuse to avoid cleaning. Um, but David informed them that the old man had vowed to harm the Glatzels if they moved into the rental home. David's visions of the old man included the man appearing as a demonic beast who muttered Latin and threatened to steal his soul. Although the family allegedly heard strange noises coming from the attic, no one but David ever witnessed the old man. After David experienced night terrors, exhibited strange behavior, and obtained unexplained scratches and bruises, the family called upon the services of a Catholic priest who attempted to bless the house. The terrified family concluded that the house was evil and would no longer continue to rent it. Uh, David's visions worsened, according, in the daytime as well. Twelve days after the original incident, the family summoned the self-proclaimed demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren to assist. Lorraine allegedly witnessed a black mist materialize next to David, an apparent indication of a malevolent presence. Debbie and her mother uh, told the Warrens that they had seen David being beaten and choked by invisible hands and that red marks had appeared on his neck afterward. David had started to growl, hiss, speak in otherworldly voices, and recite passages from the Bible or Paradise Lost. Um, The Glatzels recounted how each night a family member would remain awake with David as he suffered through spasms and convulsions. After receiving a prognosis of multiple possessions from the Warrens, David was subjected to three lesser exorcisms. Lorraine asserts that David levitated, ceased breathing for a time, and even demonstrated the supernatural ability of precognition, specifically in relation to the manslaughter Johnson would later commit. In October 1980, the Warrens contacted Brookfield police to warn them that the situation was becoming dangerous. According to eyewitness testimony, Arnie Johnson coerced one of the demons, purportedly within David, to possess him while participating in David's exorcism. Sisms, multiple, sorry. Uh, Exorcisms. Yeah. It is here that a haunting veers away from the circumstance of uh, the show, uh, veers away from the circumstances of Johnson's possession as described by those involved. According to the show, a few days later after... Johnson egged the demon on during the exorcism. He was attacked rather viciously by the demon, which allegedly took control of his car and forced it into a tree. Um, After this incident, Johnson returned to the rental property to examine an old well that supposedly housed the demon. In both the dramatized version and his personal account, Johnson recollects that this was his final encounter with the demon while while completely lucid. after encountering the demon at the well and making eye contact with it, he became possessed. The Warrens claimed to have warned him to not do this, although their warning was not mentioned in the episode. <clears throat> As David's condition worsened further, Debbie and Johnson, who had been living in her mother's home, decided it was time to move. Uh, she was hired by Debbie, was hired by Alan Bono a new resident in Brookfield, as a dog groomer. Debbie and Johnson began renting an apartment close to her place of employment. After moving in, Johnson started to exhibit odd behavior that was strikingly similar to Debbie's, causing Debbie to fear that he had become possessed as well. According to Debbie, Johnson would fall into a trance-like state wherein he would growl and hallucinate, but later have no memory of it. 
Hmm. This just reminds me of that. I mean, of course, watching the movie, but the second Conjuring where um, they had what was it? What was the little girl's name? I don't remember the name. She was possessed by the old man. Bill Wilkins Bill, was the guy's Bill name. Bill Wilkins. But yeah. I don't remember the guy, the little girl's name. Yeah, but I, listening to that real tape, like it. I don't know. The movies just greatly exaggerate things. That's why I didn't like the third one because it was so theatrical. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that was a that was a a problem, I guess. So still fun to watch. It was <laughs> on January or on February 16, 1981. Johnson called in sick to his job at Wright Tree Service and joined Debbie at the kennel where she worked, along with his sister Wanda and Debbie Debbie's nine-year-old cousin Mary. Uh, Bono, the couple's landlord and Debbie's employer, bought the group lunch at a local bar and proceeded to drink heavily. After lunch, the group returned to the kennel. Debbie then took the girls to get pizza, but insisted they return quickly, anticipating trouble. When they returned, Bono, uh, intoxicated at this point, became agitated. Everyone left the room at Debbie's urging except Bono, who seized Mary and refused to let go. Johnson headed back to the apartment and ordered Bono to release Mary. Wanda recounted the following events to the police. Mary ran for the car as Debbie attempted to mitigate the situation by standing between the two men. Wanda tried in vain to pull Johnson away. Johnson, growling like an animal, then drew a five-inch pocket knife and stabbed Bono repeatedly. Bono died several hours later. According to Johnson's lawyer, Bono had suffered four or five tremendous wounds, mostly in his chest, and one that stretched from his stomach to the base of his heart. Johnson was discovered two miles from the site of the killing and was held at the Bridgeport Correctional Center on bail of $125,000. This was the first unlawful killing in the history of Brookfield, Connecticut. (laughs) So the day after the killing, Lorraine Warren informed the Brookfield police that Johnson was possessed when the crime was committed. A quote-unquote media blitz soon surrounded the story, fueled in part by the Warrens, whose agents promised that lectures, a book, and even a movie detailing the gruesome case were in the works. Martin Manella, Johnson's lawyer, received calls from all over the world about what was being called the demon murder trial. Uh, He traveled to England to meet with lawyers who had been involved in two similar cases, though neither went to trial. He planned to fly an exorcism specialist from Europe and threatened to subpoena the priest who oversaw David Gladsell's exorcism if they did not cooperate with the defense. The trial took place in Connecticut's Superior Court in Danbury beginning on October 28, 1981. Manila attempted to submit a plea of not guilty by virtue of possession, but the presiding judge, Robert Callahan, promptly rejected this defense. Callaghan argued that no such defense could ever exist in a court of law due to the lack of evidence and that it would be irrelevant and unscientific to allow related testimony. The defense chose to imply that Johnson acted in self-defense. Because of this, the jury was not legally allowed to consider demonic possession as a viable explanation for the killing. The jury deliberated for 15 hours over three days before convicting Johnson on November 21, 1981, of first-degree manslaughter. He was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison, though he only served five. Um, let's see here. Oh, so the incident led to the creation of the television film titled The Demon Murder Case on NBC and preparations for a feature film, uh, the production of which was stalled due to internal conflicts. Um, in 1983, Gerald Brittle, with the assistance of Lorraine Warren, published a book about the incident entitled The Devil in Connecticut. Lorraine Warren stated that the profits in the book were shared with the family. However, sources confirmed that $2,000 was paid to the family by the publisher. And upon the book's republication in 2006 by iUniverse, David Glatzel and his brother, uh, Carl Glatzel Jr., sued the author and book publishers for violating their rights to privacy, libel, and intentional affliction of emotional distress. 
Carl also claimed that the book alleged he committed criminal and abusive acts against his family and others. He said that the possession story was a hoax concocted by Ed and Lorraine Warren to exploit the family and his brother's mental illness, and that the book presented him as the villain because he did not believe in the supernatural claims. He asserted that the Warrens told him the story would make the family millionaires and would help get Johnson out of jail. According to Carl Glatzel, the publicity generated by the incident forced him to drop out of school and lose friends and business opportunities. In 2007, he began writing a book titled Alone Through the Valley about his version of the events surrounding his brother. Lorraine Warren defended her work with the family, saying that the six priests who were involved in the incident agreed at the time that the boy was possessed and that the supernatural events she described were real. Brittle, author of The Devil in Connecticut, said he wrote the book because the family wanted the story told uh, and that he possesses videos of over 100 hours of interviews with the family and that they signed off uh, on the book as accurate before it went to print. Glatzel's father, Carl Sr., denies telling the author that his son was possessed. Johnson and Debbie, who are now married uh, today, wholeheartedly support the Warrens' account of demonic possessions and have stated that the Glatzels in question are suing simply for monetary purposes. And, of course, the event inspired the premise of the 2021 film Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So that was a lot shorter than I thought, and um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Michael Taylor murder as well, because well, might as well talk about both, like, yeah, well, let's talk demonic about this possession. One. I know, but I'm just I'm so letting you know we're going to do the other one was as well. the whole, spoiler alert, was the whole, uh, you know, the witch's totems thing. That, that was, was all for, fake. That was for the movie. That's why I hated it. Yeah. Because it was so much, and yes, that was all not real. That was added yeah. for the movie. So there's no altar? <laughs> no. Man. Yeah, first two Conjuring movies, definitely better. This isn't Spill Your Beans. Yeah, this I is know. Night Swims. I'm just speaking out of my mind brain here. But, so, you believe in demonic possession, right? Uh-huh. What do you think of this case, though? You keep talking, ice in my mouth. Well, that kind of, well, that's weird. I kind of kind of asked you a question though. I can't just keep talking. <laughs> just uh, can hear you chewing. Really? Yeah. Whoops. So, your question? What What do you think of like? Do you think he was actually possessed when he murdered? Here's the thing. Evelyn Rain Warren, who we've talked about, right? Didn't we do an episode on him? I feel like we did. I don't think so, actually. Let me double check real quick because I could have sworn we did. Oh no. Um. Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know, they have a lot of, uh, they have some issues and they've been a part of some controversy as um, most people in this setup uh, are. But, you know, it, I don't know. (laughs) Because, like, as someone who is a big proponent of this stuff, Mm -hmm. I would like it all to be real because that just kind of supports everything, <laughs> everything. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It's it's kind of tough. I mean, would it, would it? I mean, like, is there enough? Not necessarily enough evidence, but is there enough corroboration to where you could? Have an, you could basically have an argument for either side yeah. because you have people in the actual family who, you know, are like, this never happened. Um, and, okay, you're distracting me by doing this. What are you doing? 
I need to make a different website. Okay, do that later. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you. So, you have... It could, it, it could go back and forth, I feel like. Um, the sensationalism of this case, I feel like kind of has ruined it because... Well, that's what the Conjuring movies do to these cases. Well, with like with the parent with the parent family case, that was the most grounded one. That yeah. one you could see as like the realest to actually happen for the most part. Oh no, yeah. The but the uh, what is it? It's not Springfield, is it? Enfield. Enfield. Poltergeist. Yeah. That one is super controversial. Well, that's just a good case, though. Yeah, but that one that one has like a lot of like there could be a lot of like fake like yeah. it, it's back and forth. But with Arnie Johnson and everything. If you have like Ed and Lorraine Warren, who, on one hand, I could definitely see how they would only be in this for the money. I could definitely see people claiming that and it being true because of like all the stuff they wrote about it. But at the same time, you know, it says something to have all these demonic things stored in your house yeah. for money. But could they? Are they really demonic? That's the part that's kind of confusing. But also, like, the well, priest... We could break into the Annabelle. <laughs> the priests um, all, like, talking about the, uh, the exorcisms and well for David and everything like that are also interesting. What I want to know is, because I don't know, like, where you'd be able to find that at, because I couldn't... I wasn't able to find it, is um, how did, like... What, what made Arnie Johnson no longer possessed, if that makes sense? Like, how... What Did he, like, kill the guy and then it, like, went away? In the movie, it was, like... He went through an exorcism, and it was super weird. I don't know. Well, yeah, they had that whole curse thing, too. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, but with, with the, you know, Devil Movie Do It, I could definitely see him being possessed. Um, well, I mean, we had to, I feel like there's, I mean, obviously, if there's, a, you know, if demons are real, there's some sort of, like, I don't law. know. Law? Yeah, there's some sort of law when, like, if they possess somebody, they have to, like, follow through with something. Yeah, you could, like, make the argument, like, well, if, there's a purpose for them it, getting yeah, possessed. If he, if he, like, killed that guy, how come there haven't been other possessions where people have just, like, straight up killed someone? Because wouldn't that be, like, the ultimate, like... A blood sacrifice. Yeah, wouldn't that be, like, the ultimate thrill for the devil or for the demons, rather, yeah. just to be like, oh, I'm going to go kill someone and frame this person. I'll take literally two birds with one stone. Yeah. So... Well, maybe that... Maybe... I mean, we're obviously not Satanist, but um, maybe he was actually possessed by the devil himself, and that's the only demon that can Oh, kill. yeah. He's like the ultimate, like... Yeah. He's the only one that could actually kill. The rest yeah. could just cause mischief. Hmm. That's it. That is interesting. It's a, I mean... I would say, it's, honestly, it's, I'm 50-50 on Arnie Johnson. Yeah, I, I, I would say I'm about the same. But just in any case like that, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> Sorry. That could be real and that can't, like, could also not be real. That is true. It could always go both ways. This is true. Ready for the Michael Taylor one? Yeah, yeah. So. I wonder if that's 4K. Do you think that's 4K? Uh, it could be. Um, so he was born 1944 in uh, England, and um, he became notable in England in 1974 as a result of the Osset murder case and his alleged demonic possession. Um, Keep reading. I'm going to go get some uh, sweet tea slash lemonade. Okay. Oh, there's a couple exorcism things on here. She under this girl underwent sixty-seven exorcisms. She died of ma- ooh. This is an interesting case. What? I need to write this down while you're doing this. I need to write all these down. 
Uh, it, we're good. So I was thinking, new house, right? Uh-huh. How good for business would it be if this house was actually haunted? Why don't you do something to get it haunted? No. I will say, though. I don't want to get the it angle, The angle I'm looking at into this bathroom, super creepy. I would not be surprised if something just like creeps out of it real quick mm-hmm. while I'm just like chilling here looking like this. Yeah. That would rattle me to my I'd core. I'd be fine with like residual stuff, you know, but like anything that's active, like a poltergeist or why something. Why don't you just, why don't you do a Ouija I'm, board here? I'm, I'm good. But then don't say goodbye. Dude, there's a cemetery right there too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do a Ouija don't board. Don't say goodbye. Like yeah. That. That's, I know, that's what I'm saying. That's how you'll that's invite like the someone. number one rule. I know, that's that what I'm saying. Break. That's why you would do it. Nah, it would have to already be haunted. I'm not inviting anything in here. Why wouldn't you invite a demon in here? <laughs> Sorry, I'd take that bong rip. Anyways, okay. what? <laughs> no. <laughs> so you want to hear Why about Why wouldn't my... I invite a demon in here? Uh, for the sake of night swims. Oh, well, for the sake of night swims, yeah, of then course. Do Fuck, it. no. 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 Not a demon. Maybe like a... What about that spider over there? The spider? Remember that spider that's oh, over yeah. there? No, he's already in. He's already in here. He's paying rent. <laughs> oh. You ready to hear about Michael Taylor? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> so, Taylor lived in Osset, West Yorkshire, working as a butcher. Ew. In 1974, his wife, Christine, stated to a Christian fellowship group to which Taylor belonged that his relationship with the lay leader of the group, Marie Robinson, was carnal in nature. Michael... It admitted that he felt evil within him and eventually attacked Robinson verbally, like who Michael screamed. Taylor, right? Yeah, who screamed back at him. Uh, during the n- next meeting, Michael Taylor received an absolution, but nevertheless, his behavior continued to become more erratic. As a result, the local vicar called in other ministers' experience and deliverance and preparation to cast out the demon residing within the man. I believe, yeah. Those two people. Um, so the exorcism, which occurred on October 5th and 6th, 1974, at St. Thomas's Church in Gauber, was headed by Father Peter Vincent, the Anglican priest of St. Thomas's, and was aided by a Methodist clergyman, the Reverend Raymond Smith. According to Bill Ellis, an authority on folklore and the occult and contemporary culture, the exorcists believed that they had, in an all-night ceremony, invoked and cast out at least 40 demons, including those of incest, bestiality, blasphemy, and lewdness. At the end, uh, exhausted, they allowed Taylor to go home, although they felt that at least three demons, insanity, murder, and violence, were still left in him. While at home, Taylor brutally murdered his wife, Christine. He attacked her with his bare hands. uh, Fair warning, um, kind of graphic, in case you uh, don't like to hear about this stuff. Uh, tearing her eyes and tongue out and almost tearing her face off then strangling their poodle. He was found by a policeman naked in the street covered with blood. At his trial in March, Taylor was acquitted on the grounds of insanity. He was sent to Broadmoor Hospital for two years, then spent another two years in a secure ward in Bradford before being released. The bizarre nature of the case attracted significant publicity. Uh... In July 2005, Taylor re-entered the news after being found guilty of indecently touching a teenage girl. A week into his prison sentence uh, for the crime, Taylor, who in the years since the trial had attempted suicide on four occasions, began exhibiting this sort of strange behavior that had preceded his wife's murder in 1974. When brought back before the court, they once again ordered him into psychiatric treatment. 
Uh, Taylor's case may, makes a prominent appearance in David Peace's novel 1977, the second of Peace's Red Riding Quartet. Taylor, renamed Michael Williams, is exercised by Father Martin Laws, the series' main villain, and afterwards kills his wife Carol by driving a nail into her skull. Jack Whitehead, one of the two protagonists, witnesses the exorcism of Williams and then the murder of Carol, his ex-wife, which, as in real life, takes place in Osset. And, of course, his case is mentioned in the 2021 film, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. based on Arnie Johnson. And so those are the two cases of claims of demonic possession, or demonic possession being the reasoning for the killings. Man. So there's only, that's, there's only been two times in history that that's happened. Those are the only ones I could find. This probably happened more. I mean, not, like, in, on a, in a court setting. I bet that there have been more possessions where somebody has been murdered but they have been caught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that guy looked creepy. He does look creepy. I'm going to take that down. That's better. <laughs> Anyways, um, gosh, he's and the cage is looking right into my soul. Please just, let's just talk about Night Swims. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Demons are no joke, man. Do you think they were possessed, either of these people? I mean, I don't want to, like, cause any bad blood. I don't want any demons to come get me, but I think they were just insane. You think so? Yeah. I can see it. The Arnie Johnson one's a little interesting because yeah. he's still free and everything, and he has all the extra people around him that were there. But then at the same time, this dude went through a supposed exorcism. So, or the the Michael Taylor guy. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, you had to be there. I th- I think it I, is. I can't totally wrap my head around what what you know those families went through, but I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. Mm-mm. I don't want to. Mm-mm. Wouldn't be good. Um. But yeah, that's my. Those are my two cents. Any final thoughts uh, before we wrap this up and get into yours? Um, ghosts are. You shouldn't play with ghosts. Like if you're gonna do a Ouija board, be serious about it. It's not a joke. Never done a Ouija board. I probably never will. <laughs> that stuff's scurry. My religion teacher did a Ouija board. She told us once. Your religion teacher? Mm-hmm. Uh, my senior year religion teacher. That seems very uh, uncharacteristic of a religion well, really, teacher. Not really, because they believe it. So wouldn't it be... She did say um, it was like her, her brother, and a couple other people, mm-hmm. and they were doing it, and um, their dog was like barking like nonstop, yeah. and they all had their hands on the Ouija board, and someone said like, if... This is if you're actually here right now, make our dog stop barking. And instantly the dog went quiet and didn't bark a single time the rest of the night. Jeez. So it's very interesting. Coincidence, who knows? I think not. But yeah. It's scary. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. What are you looking for? Just looking <laughs> down that dark hallway. You get spooky? Oh, I get spooky here. Thank you all for listening to Night Swims. Um and right after this episode, go listen to the next episode we're about to record uh, in a couple seconds. And scene.
ended it a little early. Uh, Douglas, where can they find us on Instagram? You can find us on Instagram at nightswoods.podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, look us up on Google. Rate us on What something. happens if we type on Google real quick? I mean, I did. <laughs> I missed it. I was reading. If you just type in Nightswoods Podcast. I mean, it shows us on Stitcher. Why Stitcher? Our episodes, though. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Apple Why Stitcher, podcast? not anywhere else? I have no idea. Instagram, Facebook, Anchor, Radio Public, and then Spotify's all the way down. Damn it. Down here. Number What's one. our number one podcast <laughs> related searches? Number one podcast in the world. That's pretty sick. 110 episodes. What is the number one? Oh. Roe Jogan. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan. The Roe Jogan experience. <laughs> Is that really the... Technically, yeah. Top 100 U.S. podcasts. It's all crime and stuff. People like crime. People do like crime. What are the top 10 podcasts right now? Call Her Daddy, Helen Gone, Night Swims, Noble Blood, Road Joke. (laughs) (laughs) How do podcasts make money? That's That's a... Sponsorship. Somebody, That's a good somebody thing. Somebody sponsor us. We, we need to figure out how they do that. I wonder what... Now I'm curious about this. Hold on. What? I just want to see something real quick. <laughs> Look up Rojogan. You looked at Rojogan? Look up Rojogan. And then we'll end it. This is the last thing I just wanted to get our reaction. Image. <laughs> <laughs> What the heck? That was I just oh, wanted to a- show that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. That's pretty funny. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh we will see you all in a sec on Douglas' episode. Love you all. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>